Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris. This podcast is designed to hold space for honest conversations. From purity culture to faith, sexuality, relationships, identity, culture, deconstruction, and more. My hope is to look doubt in the face, be curious, seek God, and ask meaningful questions to address any elephant in the room with openness, nuance, and grace. I won't pretend to be an expert and definitely don't have all the answers. And though it may feel easier and more comfortable to exist in the black and white, I invite you to discover God with me in the gray and unexpected spaces. So whoever you are, whatever you do or don't believe, you are welcome here and have a seat at this table. Make sure you're subscribed to the Refined Collective Podcast on iTunes. So each week when a new episode drops, it'll download straight to those devices. And while you're at it, if you feel so inclined, leave us a five-star rating and written review. It would be so helpful to get our message out there. All right, let's go ahead and get to it. Hello, welcome to this episode of me sharing about my two-day psilocybin journey that I took in the fall during my sabbatical. Psilocybin is also a fancy word for mushrooms. Yes, I went on a two-day mushroom journey, something I never, ever, ever thought I would do. And, And now I have done it. And I feel eager and excited to share with you my experience. And also, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of reasons why I want to share about it. Now, I have a lot of questions from you, a lot of questions submitted from Instagram, some questions submitted from Patreon. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go through and tell you my experience. And then at the very end, I'll make make sure that I have answered most all the questions that you submitted, but I think it would just be easier if I shared my story. So first of all, I'm not a doctor. I'm not an expert. I do not know all of the risks of doing mushrooms. I do not think this experience is for everyone. I am not here to tell you, you should do mushrooms. Everyone should do mushrooms. I do not think that. I actually highly suggest against that. And my experience, I've been researching mushrooms now for a few years. I talked to my doctor about it before doing it. I talked to my therapist before doing it. I immediately had a doctor's appointment two days after to check in with my body and my doctor. And so this is not something that I did lightly and it's not something I offer lightly. Um, yeah, I, I I would never say like, hey, if you're struggling with PTSD and anxiety meds, get off your meds and just go on a mushroom journey. I do not think that at all. I think this is something that if you are interested in to really think through, pray through, research, I will link just two things for you to look into on your own. There's a really good documentary on Netflix and Michael Pollan is in that documentary and he also has a book about mushrooms and psychedelics. And I would just say, if you're curious about it, keep being curious and when, and if the time is right, you'll know, and hopefully you have a good doctor, a good therapist, all of that. 
to support you in that process. Because what I will say is now having gone through it, it is very similar to an experience of going to church camp. Like it honestly reminded me so much of church camp where you go to youth group camp and you have this like spiritual high experience for a week. And you're like, I'm going to go home and I'm going to throw away all my spaghetti straps and burn all of my quote unquote secular music. And then, you know, three weeks later, everyone's like wearing their spaghetti straps again. Um, except if you're me and when I really got rid of them, cause I was like, Oh my gosh, modesty. Ah, but all that to say is I realized, man, it could be so easy now just to get obsessed with the spiritual high that I felt from this weekend, the break breakthroughs that I felt and experienced really deeply and in a very real way. But the real work in everything comes with the integration. This is how people go from camp high to camp high. And we do this in Christian world too, whether it's a retreat, a women's conference, even Sunday services, man, one thing I really miss about being a part of church culture is I miss Sunday worship. It's beautiful. It's holy. It's sacred. You're connected to God and the spirit and everyone else around you. And I would just live for those moments. And I couldn't wait for another good worship night. And then life and spirituality and faith can become chasing that next spiritual high. And so I can see how easy it could be just to then do that in the conscious world or the conscious community is what a lot of people call it, or the, even the plant medicine world. And so I think the biggest invitation that we all as humans have is to do the damn work every single damn day. You get the breakthroughs, you get the downloads at church camp or on Sunday or at a prayer night or at a women's conference or a retreat or even a psilocybin retreat. But the work is leaving those spaces and then taking daily steps to integrate that breakthrough in, in your life. So I didn't do this lightly. So back up a lot of, you know, some of you don't, I come from a family of addiction. My dad is an addict and he is an active addict. He struggles with substance abuse and alcohol abuse. And so for my whole life, ever since I was a young kid, substances really scared me. I was terrified of becoming an alcoholic and had zero interest in ever doing anything like weed, cocaine, mushrooms, anything. All of it felt like completely off limits and dark and a, a slippery slope, like marijuana as a, as a high schooler was, you know, the gateway drug. Right. So I just felt very scared of substances. And then going into the Christian world, I felt even more scared of it because I learned, oh my gosh, doing drugs can open up doorways for the demonic and stuff like that. And I was like, well, not only does addiction run in my family, but I'm not opening up any doorways for the demons, like not today, Satan. And so it just felt like, nope, 100%. This is not some, this is not a part of my journey. And it's not even worth exploring because I know even with my dad, he did cocaine once and it was, he was a goner after that. It was, I'm like, it's just not worth it for me to have an experience and that experience may or may not ruin the rest of my entire life and my family and my kids and my kids' kids and all of that. I don't need to experience something bad enough to put my life at risk like that. 
And so for years, it just was nothing that I was even curious about. And then I would say late twenties, early thirties, I started having a different perspective on cannabis. I had friends in the cannabis business and the CBD business and friends who struggled with anxiety. And like most things, I think the part of my journey that I got to was just realizing that life isn't all black and white. Not everything is just good or bad, like godly or demonic, that there's actually nuance and layers to our entire experience as a human. And I remember the first time I tried weed and I don't even know, I, I'm like a bad weed person. I don't even know how to say it. Like I did weed. <laughs> I called my dad the next day and was like, Hey dad, like I had weed last night and I didn't even get high because I do not even know how to smoke a cigarette. Like the few times I've smoked cigarettes or cloves in college, I don't know how to inhale it. So I wasn't even high, but I was like, dad, like I did this and you know, my drug addict. And he was like, no, honey, you're not. And throughout my twenties and thirties, as I drank alcohol and I would have pretty consistent conversations with my dad, like, Hey dad, here are my drinking patterns. Uh, Like, do you think I could be an alcoholic? I just never want to think I'm above any struggle. My friend, Ashley Abercrombie says, we're all one decision away from stupid. And so at different times in my twenties and my thirties, I gave up drinking completely. I would give up, give it up for six months or a year. And even my dad was like, all right, you want to see if you're an alcoholic, go to a bar by yourself and start drinking and see if you can stop because alcoholics, once you start drinking, it's like, you can't stop. And so I would do that and realize, okay, like actually I can give up alcohol and be totally fine. And I can start drinking and I can stop drinking. And I think as I began to introduce nuance and layers and step more into the gray in every area of my life, I began to be more curious, not about using substances, but just like, oh, there's another story here. Even just researching the story of drugs in America and and how cocaine is the quote unquote white collar drug for, you know, rich white men and crack was for people of color. And it it was, it was, um, cheaper or it's cheaper and it gets more people of color in jail. Like there's a whole thing about all of that. Um, so yeah, I think I just started becoming more curious over the years of like, wow. Okay. So some people really say they have these different experiences and sorry, I know I'm being long-winded. I just kind of want to tell you the whole thing, you know? like how I got to where I actually felt comfortable to, for two days, do mushrooms. So I would say starting a few years ago, I started hearing more and more about people doing microdosing of things like mushrooms, even things like I have a a, a very well-known person in my life that if I shared with you their name, you would know exactly who they are. Very straight-laced, very well-to-do very influential and they really struggled with crippling anxiety and over the pandemic microdosed ketamine with a therapist and doctor and became healed from anxiety and stuff like that was just so crazy for me to hear. Cause I'm like, no, I was taught from school, like don't do drugs. And then from the church, like all drugs are all bad all the time. And then I read 
you know, books like The Body Keeps the Score and different watching different documentaries like the mushroom one on Netflix and just saying, okay, maybe there's another story here. Maybe there actually are medicines out there that can really support you in moving through your trauma and moving through your past. And it's no secret that I have deeply struggled with anxiety over the years. If you don't know about that journey, we'll link some of my old blog posts about my anxiety journey. But yeah, basically I, I, I started having friends in my life and even mentors, pastors, like people I really respected being like, Hey, like I went on a mushroom journey with a therapist and, or a coach or facilitator to move through the trauma from my childhood. And to me, again, just like, it's just paradigm shifting, like, Oh, wow. And then seeing, Oh, that person, like, didn't compromise their faith. They aren't just like in a drug den all weekend. Cause I think the other thing for me was like, well, once you open that door, is it a quote unquote slippery slope? Or are you just going to want to be doing drugs all the time or mushrooms all the time? And I realized like, no, like it doesn't have to be that way at all. And just how someone can take a prescription to help with their depression and anxiety. Like this also can be like plants can also be medicine. And I think there's a part of me once I started getting there, I'm like, have I just been drinking too much of this? Like woo woo conscious community, burning man, Kool-Aid, like is it medicine or it's just that just an excuse to do drugs. And I think it honestly depends on the person. One of the things that stood out to me so much from my weekend was my facilitator said the difference between drugs and plant medicine are drugs are for people to check out and plant medicine is for people to check in. It's all about your intention with how you approach anything in life. So for the last few years, I've just been curious, like, man, I I would be curious about seeing if I could experience healing and, and deep inner healing from doing a mushroom experience, but I just didn't feel at peace in my body and I still felt really afraid. So I kind of just was like, okay, God, you know, if, and when this is like something that feels like a yes, just show me and show me, give me peace in my body and in my spirit. Um, cause I'm not going to push it. Like, I don't need to do this because I also know that I know that I know that you cannot bypass your healing. Healing cannot be bypassed by a pill. So whether you're on antidepressants and anti-anxiety medicine, or you go on a mushroom or ayahuasca journey, you cannot bypass your actual healing. Those things can be a ladder to support you in your process, but the real work is being committed to continuing therapy, continuing the daily work, continuing the work and process of deep internal personal inventory. And so I just never want to bypass that. And I also always want to make sure I'm doing everything on my end to take ownership and responsibility over my life. It's why up until this point, I have never gotten on anxiety medication, even though I do not think it's wrong or bad. I think it can be really supportive for people. I just for years have been like, all right, what are all the things I can do on my own holistically from therapy to breath work to dietary lifestyle changes? What can I do to set myself up for success, to support my body, to heal because God created my body to heal. Now, after I've done all that stuff, if I need some intervention, let's take the intervention. But my like, uh, intervention like that isn't ever going to be my first choice. So 
I have been open to it, but I hadn't found an opportunity that felt like safe to me, or I felt like a check in my spirit where I felt released. And then fast forward to last year, I am burned out. I'm going on a sabbatical. And one of my last coaching calls with my own personal coach, he was kind of, you know, challenging me, you know, what is the list of things that you want to do during your sabbatical that you can kind of check in with yourself at the end of it and be like, all right, this sabbatical was successful. It met the needs and requirements that I wanted and needed it to meet so that at the end of it, you can look back and just check in with yourself. So one of the things I was like, you know what? I think I, I, I would love to take a mushroom journey, like a therapeutic mushroom journey over my sabbatical. If the opportunity arises, that's one thing I would really love to experience. And I knew I wanted to experience when I was not in a leadership role, i.e. the refined woman or hosting the podcast. I just knew that I needed some time without a microphone and a megaphone to really dig into my healing and to go through that process without feeling like I needed to share about it instantly. So I put that intention out there and I just was like, that's one thing I really want to do. But I also just felt like total peace that if this is supposed to happen, it is going to like present itself. And as probably weird and woo as it sounds, actually with my physical therapist, he told me last summer, he was like, it, it will find you. You don't need to go chase it. It will find you. And I was like, that is some weird woo woo bullshit but it did find me. So when I started looking for the pro- my property, my second property in the fall, right around my sabbatical time, I started working with a real estate agent. And I mean, total soul sister, total soul sister. Like we got along instantly. She is so connected to her heart. She does she's like our people, you know, like she does the work. She loves God doing her deconstructing, rebuilding really about embodiment work. And I'll never forget. We finished looking at a property and we were leaving. And she said, you know, I don't usually do this, but I just feel it pressed on my spirit. And I feel like I'm supposed to invite you. I'm going on a two day, like they're basically therapeutic. That's what, that's the words I use like therapeutic mushroom journey for two days in November. And I just feel led to invite you. And it was like a full body. Yes. I knew like right then and there, like, yes, I'm supposed to be on that retreat. And I've had those moments before where you just, you know, when you know that, you know, that, you know, it was just like, yes, I'll I'll go sign me up. And the whole weekend was, I think $500. So people have asked like, was it super expensive? And it wasn't $500 for like from Friday to Sunday was, I think that's super cheap and it included housing and food and all of that. Um, and the, and the medicine. So I said, yes. And so she connected me with the the facilitator. She was like, it's this amazing woman and, uh, she has a team and they come and they facilitate in Austin, Texas, a couple times a year. And it's so, it's such a safe experience. You'll feel so held. And I just felt this like gut response. Like I just, I'm just going to trust the process and I'm going to just go all in. And, and also that's kind of my personality. I, I kind of like surprises. So I, at that, once I said yes, and I confirmed with the facilitator, I didn't like research mushroom journeys from that point on. I didn't research what are worst case scenarios or what are terrible things that could happen. And that might be something that you want to do. But for me, I just felt like I will freak myself out (laughs) and I will make all these stories up, but I just 
feel peace in my body. I've connected to my body. I've connected to God. I've prayed about it. I feel like I'm supposed to go on this. So I'm going to go all in. So I did. And I I wanted to be surprised and I knew God was going to be with me on this journey. So how it looked is I signed up for it. I paid the $500. And then a few weeks out, I had a one-on-one coaching call with the facilitator and we had a FaceTime or a zoom call. And she just asked me, you know, what are your intentions? Do you have any fears and all of this? And what do you want to get out of this? And I just kind of shared with her my story. You know, I grew up in evangelical culture. My dad's a drug addict. And so there's some like fear and hesitancies there. Like, I don't want to be a drug addict. And you know, I, I'm scared. I don't know what to expect, what, what it's going to feel like. And she just really sat with me and calmed my fears and was like, Hey, like, um, I think there's some real opportunities and breakthroughs here. If you want, um, this will be a really safe space. And I just felt peace. I just, I felt trust towards her. And so I was like, great. Like I'm in, I'm excited. Let's do this. And so the week of the mushroom journey, we got an email with basically they invited us to eat clean all week. And they th- this happens before you do ayahuasca as well. We basically did the ayahuasca diet, which is like pretty much just dairy-free, sugar-free, vegetarian, pretty much just as healthy as you can be. And the heart behind that was we want you to be in a place almost of like praying and fasting before this experience. And like, you're about to put medicine in your body from the earth. And we want to make sure that like your temple, your body, your temple has like beautiful, good nutrients from the earth so that your body can be ready for the medicine. And I thought that was so cool. I've gone on so many Christian retreats and so many church retreats, women's conferences that I've really loved, but it's like, you're go, go, going all week. And then it's Friday and you're like, ah, pack and go to the retreat. And then you get there and they throw pizza and brownies at you. And you're not really being mindful about what you're eating at all. And then the weekend's over and then you're back at work on Monday and it's, within a week, you you're like, I think I saw Christine Kane and she said that one good thing, but I can't really even remember what it was. Right. And so to really have it set up on the front end of, Hey, we want you being mindful and prayerful and intentional all week. We want you praying about like what your intention is, what breakthroughs you want to experience when you come this weekend. So that, I just thought that was so cool. And there's so many things I've done in the last 10 years in the mindfulness world where I'm like, man, if people of faith or if like Christian culture was integrating some of this stuff, it would be game changing because it's embodiment. It's a full body experience. It's being intentional. It's being, it's being aware. Um, it's inviting God into every space and aspect of your life. So I followed it to a T and I, I ate very clean, like the whole week. And even the, for the last 24 hours, I did a juice cleanse and, but I, I, which I, which I will say next time I won't do because I think I was a little dehydrated and, um, I I think I needed more substance in me, but I also, at that point, I was also like really afraid of throwing up, which a lot of people don't throw up for mushroom journeys, but, um, that's more like an ayahuasca thing, but side note, trigger warning. I had an eating disorder in college and was bulimic for a short amount of time. And because of that, 
throwing up is just, it's like my body just rejects it. Like it, it hates throwing up. I, I mean, who likes throwing up? But it's, I mean, I've, I've thrown up like twice in the last 20 years. And so I think I was also like, I don't really want a lot in my system because I don't want to throw up and I'm really going to resist that. So that was that. <laughs> so I was eating very light and Friday rolls around. We got to the house. It was just in a, in a neighborhood, uh, this older couple, probably in their sixties, they've been so impacted by this work that they host my, the woman who facilitated. So essentially there were three facilitators and six people, six participants. So the facilitator, to to attendee ratio, I thought was like really awesome. And so I've, that alone made me feel so safe. So we get to this woman and her husband's house and, uh, we brought like sleeping bags and we were supposed to bring sleeping, sleeping bags, warm clothes and eye masks. And all I knew was that the journey started at 8 PM. And I was like, great. Like we'll do this. Like journey starts at 8 PM, be in bed by 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> like, I mean, I have no idea. I've never done this before. But I was like, I just want to like trust the process and go all in. And so get there and everyone gets there. The ceremony essentially starts. And what it looked like was them laying a lot of ground rules of like, hey, like, here's what this is going to look like. We're going to go. You'll have round one and they mix the mushrooms and cacao. So it's almost like, you know, hot chocolate and they put the mushrooms in there. And then like three hours later, or four hours later, if you want like a second dose, you can have more. And they said, and you know, we'll wrap things up around 4 a.m. And then we'll do integration and then eat. And then, so you'll probably be in bed about 6 a.m. And I was like, what? <laughs> this is like an eight hour thing. Like I didn't, honestly, I will say if I knew that beforehand, I probably wouldn't have signed up because not sleeping is like, really hard for me. Like I, like I get stressed and anxious over not sleeping. And so I think it was actually a good thing that I didn't know because I would have like psyched myself out about it, but I also can look back and I feel like my body knew it was getting ready for like an intense journey because that Thursday and Friday, I was really tired. And normally I'm like, I'm going to do a hit class anyways at the gym, but I instead took a nap. I went to the sauna. I did a light yoga class. So I just really tried to listen to my body. And it's like my body knew intuitively, like we actually just need some rest right now. Real talk. I have bad BO, like real bad left to my own devices. I smell like I am wearing week old gym clothes and I really wish I was exaggerating. So finding a good deodorant has been a passion of mine for a long time. I've tried so many non-toxic deodorants over the years, but none of them worked. But then I discovered Primally Pure. A friend of mine swore by them and even gave me one of her bottles for free and said, trust me. And she was right. I have now used Primally Pure's deodorant religiously for the past five years, and I don't have to worry about how I smell anymore. My personal favorite of theirs is the charcoal deodorant. And by this point, I've pretty much used every single product that Primally Pure has to offer from their bath soak to body butter, and I'm always incorporating their products into my daily skincare routine. 
So go to link.primallypure.com slash the refined woman and use code TRW10 to get 10% off your purchase. That's link.primallypure.com slash the refined woman and get 10% off your purchase with the code TRW10 or simply use the link in the show notes or episode description. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. So mushroom journey starts and you know we all it's very ceremonial ritualistic i go up and i you know drink my mushroom sauce my mushroom hot chocolate and the invitation was like hey this is a journey to check in like and people use mushrooms recreationally people have journeys that are very different my journey was very much so like to be intentional to look inward to move through my own story and gain healing and breakthrough in my own life. And so the, the intention was like, Hey, we're not here to chit chat. We're not here to hang out. This is like not a party setting. This is like, you're going inward. So we all had like basically pallets and sleeping bags on the ground. And we took our mushrooms and the invitation was to not chit chat with each other, but to lay down, put eye masks on so that we're in our own experience and not distracted by other people to let it be a so like a solo journey. And then if, you know, anything happens or someone does need to throw up or needs to go to the bathroom or anything, there are people there that are the three facilitators that are there to care for us. So I just remember laying down and putting my eye mask on and feeling like so, so much peace. Like I was like, okay, Jesus, I don't know what to expect here, but I know that you are with me. And I know that this journey is a safe place with you. I just felt so held by God. I felt Holy Spirit with me. I felt Jesus right next to me. And it just felt like, all right, I'm so excited, God. And what it felt like was when you're getting on a roller coaster and they're like strapping you in and you're like, I know the, the roller ride's about to start. And then like click, 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 clicks, like it starts going up and you know, like you're going to have twists and turns and it's gonna, you know, maybe some of it will be scary. Some of it's exhilarating, but you don't totally know what to expect, but it's like, all right, well, I've been strapped in. Like the ride is starting. I just don't know when it's going to start. That's what it felt like. So I was just laying there and their music was playing. So there was like really relaxing music on. At one point they were playing like Lauren Daigle worship music. And I was like, all right, I'm just living my dream. And so at that point, time just kind of becomes, I don't really know what time is, but what I think is that it was probably like around 30 minutes, 30, 45 minutes. And I was like, I don't really feel anything, but I was just like worshiping, praying, talking to Jesus. And then all of a sudden I start like seeing different colors with my eyes closed. Like, you know, when your eyes are closed and you just see different color or you like see colors. Um, I knew something was starting to happen because I started seeing new colors. Like I feel like people in charismatic world talk about like heavenly colors. And um, that's really what it felt like is it felt like, oh, like, you know, when you go to those like 
like arcades and there's like black lights with like geometric shapes and these like bright neon colors. Like, honestly, that's what it seemed like. And I just felt like so much peace and so much bliss. And honestly, it just felt like I was on this like journey, like going down a stream in a boat with Jesus. And, and then I started feeling waves of like pretty intense emotions. And that happened for a really long time. And I would feel like total bliss and peace and happiness and even laughter. And I would just feel it completely fully. And then it would roll into another emotion. It typically went from like happiness to like really heavy grief. And I knew that there was like grief in my body that needed to be released as we all have grief in our bodies that need to be released. But I would roll from this like intense happiness and then this like deepest of deepest sadnesses that I've ever felt in my life. And there would be tears just streaming down my, my cheeks. And I just, the invitation that I felt from Jesus was just surrender to this process. Surrender. I am here with you in all of it. And the more I let that happen, the more intense the emotions felt. And in that I felt so safe. Cause I think something that I believe for a really long time was if I really go there, if I really go to the depths of my sadness, to the depths of my trauma, it's going to take me out. Like I have had one too many broken hearts and I actually cannot, I cannot take any more heartbreak. And that's actually a lie. And I think what God showed me in this experience was Psalm 139, wherever it's like, wherever I go, like God is with me. If I go to the heavens, God is there. If I make my bed in the pit of hell, God is there. And the scriptures say, even darkness is as light to you. And I felt like on my mushroom journey, I lived those verses because in the bliss and the happiness, Jesus was with me in the intense grief and sadness and tears that I felt God was with me. And I actually realized that the pain, the darkness, our shadows inside of us are just the parts of us that want to be loved. And God loves them just as much as the, the light. And even the darkness is not dark to God. So those rolling emotions of heaviness, of sadness, of depression, of grief, it was like, oh, this is just as much of a worshipful invitation with God as it is when I feel like high on a mountaintop spiritually or at a worship service where I am like praising God and it just feels, you just feel high off God, if you know what I mean, if you've had those charismatic experiences. So the the invitation I felt was everything is worship, the the happiness, the sadness, the grief, And I actually don't need to be afraid of any of it because God is with me all the time and God is not afraid of it. God is not afraid of the shadows. God is not afraid of the darkness and God accepts all of me. And one of the breakthroughs I had was, do I accept all of me? Because I think I've partly judged the process that I've been on of deconstruction and, you know, leaving the church and all of that. And And in my mushroom journey, I realized, wow, like God's love for me has never faltered, but my self-acceptance has faltered. My self-love has faltered because I judge myself for leaving the church. I judge myself for having 
a book come out that was very evangelical and very Christian. And then within a year being like, Oh, like, do I believe any of this? And in the, in my mushroom journey, just really feeling to the depths of my soul that that Romans eight, there is nothing that can separate me from the love of God. And that was beautiful and transformative. And, and then God showed me, I'm with you wherever you go. You want to do a mushroom journey? Like I am here. (laughs) You want to go to a church retreat? I am there. You want to find me in the ocean? I am there. You want to worship me when you are on your yoga mat doing Sir Namaskar A's? I am there. I want to be in every single part of your life. And what was so healing about that is for the better part of a couple of years now, I've wondered, am I even a Christian anymore? Like, I don't even know if I believe any of this stuff. And I remember about a year and a half ago in therapy, when I was in Sedona with my therapist and she was like, Kat, the most true thing about you is your love and worship of God. Like that is who you are. You love God. And I wasn't ready for that. I was like, no, I don't even know if I believe any of this anymore. And she was like, it's the most true thing about you. You are a worshiper for God. And that is your medicine to the world. That is your healing to the world is you fully loving God. And at that time, I just equated it to like the toxicity of purity culture and evangelicalism. I couldn't see it, but on my mushroom journey in those highs and lows of rolling through those different emotions, I saw it. I was like, oh my gosh, the most true thing about me is my love for God. And it's always been that way. And maybe it will look different now. Maybe it means that I'm not a part of evangelicalism, but guess what? There is a whole big world and a whole big faith community and a whole big like Jesus loving community outside of Western evangelicalism. And so it was so liberating. In fact, I can look back now on that weekend and say that weekend was a pillar moment with me and God. And I've had multiple of those in my life. Like when I came to faith when I was 16 years old, another moment I had in Uganda when I was 22 years old, I think. And this is up there with all of those of experiencing that I know that I know that I know that God is with me and God is never far and God, God's love is endless. And, and, um, yeah, I can look back now and say, wow, like in a very unexpected way, like doing a mushroom journey may have just saved my faith and may have restored my faith with Jesus, God, spirit. So yeah, there were some really, really beautiful moments. And there were also some really, really, really hard moments. So after the rolling through the highs and lows of the emotions, um, you know, people asked in the comments, you know, did you feel in control of your body? Um, I felt connected to my body. Like there were a couple of times I needed to go to the bathroom and I could go up and do that. But then there were other times that I felt like an observer to my body. And I could see very clearly how, man, I could freak the fuck out right now. Like I could have an anxiety attack right now if I wanted to, or I could just be here and like, let these like really, and I don't really know how to explain it besides there was a part of my journey that felt so intense and I just wanted it to be over. And at that point, there was also like really loud drumming music on. And I was just like, ah, like make it stop, make it stop. And I just felt God be like, just surrender, trust the process. Everything is temporary. Nothing lasts forever. And the more you resist it, 
the harder it will be. So just surrender. And I realized, man, being in a posture of surrender and trust is so amazing and beautiful when life is easy, when life is hard, when I feel uncomfortable, when I feel brought to the edges of my sanity, anxiety, depression, whatever it is, when you feel at the edges, you're like, oh my gosh, like, ah, like I I don't want, I can't, let me control, let me control, let me control. That is where surrender became an act of worship for me. Surrender became a discipline. Surrender became a choice because worship is a choice. Surrendering is a choice. And so did I feel in control of my body? Yes and no. I was there. I was in it. I had beautiful moments. I had really hard moments. I moved through a ton of grief. I had locked up memories come up that wanted out. And I realized, man, I I remember in my, one of my coaches once would always say what you resist persists. And I had such a clarifying moment in my mushroom journey of, oh my gosh, if I don't let this out, it's actually making it worse let it out because there's nothing that can take me over. And I think in those moments, moving through those really hard experiences within the journey, I I saw so clearly, oh, this is why people who have an experienced PTSD symptoms and deep, deep anxiety and depression get healed from anxiety, depression, PTSD symptoms by doing experiences like this, because you are able to go to your edges and actually be in your body and feel completely safe and held and that God is with you because anxiety is constantly giving you those worst case scenarios, right? It's telling you, you can't do this. You can't feel that you're going to die. And I got to go to my edges and experience. I am just as safe here in my body. God is just as much with me as I am, as God is with me when I'm feeling happy and light and playing at the beach outside, like There's literally nowhere I can go where God isn't with me. And it became this reality for me of if that's really true, if it's really true that God is with me wherever and everything is temporary, even the hard, dark grief, then I actually have nothing to be scared about ever. Like God is just with me and I can feel all the hard things. I can go through all the heartbreak, all the grief, all the sadness, and I will be okay. I will be safe and at home in my body. And I am held in this actual experience by the three facilitators, but more specifically by God. So, uh, gosh, I could share more and more with you. I think one last story that I'll share with you from that first night is at the very end, I was really surprised. Like not a lot came up with with my dad. And I thought, oh man, like surely like the trauma of his addiction will come up in this journey. And it it didn't until the very, very end. I was with a facilitator. She was like sitting in front of me and we did something called hoppe. It's, I don't fully know what it is. You can look it up, but, um, it's like a nicotine type thing. And, um, it's actually on the Michael Pollan documentary on Netflix. And so hoppe is different than the mushrooms. So I did this hoppe experience. And as soon as I like inhaled it, I instantly felt drawn back to this experience when I was 10 years old. My parents were getting divorced 
And I was at my Gaga's house, my dad's mom's house. So when my parents got divorced, the four of us kids would stay with my dad at my Gaga's house. And I was 10 years old and myself, my five-year-old sister and two-year-old sister would all share a bed with my Gaga. So the four of us in bed with my Gaga at night, my dad would tuck us in. And I just remember this particular night I was on my back and I just was sobbing and crying these hot tears and I was kicking my arms and my legs and I just was screaming out like, dad, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? You don't have to do this. You don't have to leave. And he was like, I have to, like, I love you, honey. And I was like, no, you don't, you don't have to do this. And I remember my Gaga came in in the room and it was my, my emotions were, the experience was so upsetting to her that she left. And then my dad ended up leaving the room too. And I think in that moment, I felt so abandoned. And I, I think that's a, a huge moment where I started believing like I am too much. My emotions are too much. I take up too much space in the room and no one can handle my emotions. And I've gone through a lot of therapy and like inner healing prayers about that specific moment. So I was surprised it even came up because I thought, oh, that's long healed. That's long since been healed. And yet that moment came up and I felt instantly back in that room. And I started sobbing just exactly how I started sobbing in that moment. And my facilitator came and just held me like, held me like a mother and was just like, let it all out, baby. Like feel it, let it just let it, this is good. Like this needs to come out. This is like trauma trapped in your body. Let it out, feel it all. And it would come in waves. Like I would just cry, 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 cry. And then it would stop. And then a minute or two would go by and I would just cry again and again. And, and as she was holding me, I just felt like God was like telling me, Catherine, like it made me so sad that that happened to you. And I was actually in the room with you, comforting you. And this is what that feels like your emotions are not too much. You are not too much. I am with you and I can handle all of it. And I've always been able to. And I just felt like my little young Catherine, like 10 year old self, as I was being held as a 37 year old in this mushroom journey by this woman, it felt like God's arms were around me. And I was like, oh, that's all I needed. All I needed was to be held, not fixed, not told, okay, well cry for a minute. Okay. Now it's getting a little too much or can we wrap it up? But she just held me until it was complete. And yeah, I just, I I felt like one of, one of the most holy moments of my life. And it felt like I was wrapped in God's love. And it felt like this moment where I believed this lie about myself that has now dictated so much of how I experience my own emotions and my own life. And I kind of feel like I'm, I've up until this point, really downplayed a lot of my emotions. Even so I'm a really big feeler. Um, but I just felt like, Oh, I just needed to be held. And God, God was actually there with me in that room. And, um, and this just needed to be let out. My younger self just needed to be able to cry and be held. 
So that was one of the most powerful experiences of the weekend. And that was just night one. So night one kind of comes to a close and there's honestly way more I could even share with you, but for the sake of this, not becoming a three hour video, we wrapped up and, uh, we had all been fasting. Um, so the ceremony had started at eight. It was about like 4am at that point. And we were told not to eat past like one or 2pm that day. So they had prepared for us this beautiful vegan meal at 4am. It was like potato and leek soup, chia seed pudding, fresh fruit. And it was just, you know, the best yummiest food I feel like I've ever had in my life. They encouraged us to like journal. And then after we ate, we all sat down and integrated and talked about our experience and what came up for us and all the things that we were learning. And they're like, write these breakthroughs down now, because in three days from now, like you'll be like, oh my gosh, I learned this thing or like God showed up for me in this way. And you don't want to forget it. Like, don't let this just be a, a cool breakthrough experience, actually allow it to transform you lean into the work. And then they set the stage for the next day. So everyone we all stayed um, and went to bed after that. And then that Saturday was just like rest and care. And I feel like we hit the lottery. One of the girls in the group was an esthetician and was giving free Lemaire facials during the day at the house. And another person was doing free cupping. Um, and then we all just kind of rested, journaled, napped, facials, all of that. And then regrouped around like seven o'clock that night. And we all did a cold plunge together and then intention setting and then went into night two of the experience. And it was a completely different experience than the night before, but equally as like, I felt safe. I felt held. I felt God with me. I was, yeah, just so grateful for the whole experience. And I will say like 90% of night two was just like pure bliss, like pure. I was like, literally, I think this is like what people feel like when they're slain in the spirit. <laughs> like I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just like, love God so much. I love you, Jesus. I'm just worshiping. I'm journaling. And then I would say 10% of it was really, really, really hard. And I think what happened for me, um, cause I researched it afterwards. I, I was dehydrated. Um, I think cause I had been kind of eating super, super clean, maybe not eating enough during the week. And so something that can happen is you can kind of like get like muscle spasms in your face and in your body. And in the moment I was like, oh my gosh, the demons are taking over. <laughs> ah, and it was scary. And then about like an hour into that, I was like, I just felt God like press on my spirit, honey, you're dehydrated. Go have a glass of water, go have a banana. You'll be fine. And I did. And I was fine. Um, but it was really scary in that moment. I was like, oh my gosh, but it's also like a very common experience. So night two, just as many breakthroughs, just as beautiful, just as worshipful. And then we closed up again with breakfast and integration, slept for a few hours, integrated again before we all left. And I think we left on Sunday at like noon and they really encouraged us like, Hey, like your body has been through a lot this weekend. Like, you know, you pretty much like didn't sleep for two nights. So go home, rest, take care of yourself. Don't just like go to brunch with friends right now. Like let this really, like really be intentional the next few days. So I went home, I rested, I continued to eat really clean and just journaling processing. And just, I think what also I loved about that was I feel like, again, even with like the Christian retreats or women's conferences, it's like, 
you go Friday after work and then Monday you're back at work and it's like nothing happened, you know, and the whole thing was set up to let it be integrated into our lives and keep being intentional about it. And then two weeks after the journey, we had a Zoom call with everyone about, hey, like what's been coming up for you the last two weeks? What have you been processing through? What questions do you have? Like what downloads have you been having? What has God been speaking to you? How can we support you? And so I just felt so grateful for all of it. And I will say like moving forward, um, I would definitely do it again. Um, I could see myself doing something like this, like once a year or like maybe, I don't know, once or twice a year, but I would say probably just like once a year. I went to the doctor Monday after I had worked with an incredible holistic doctor and we, you know, he were, we've been working on gut health for a long time. So I will say the one thing that was really tough and this, I, I found out that this is actually not uncommon, but it's also not super common. So sometimes people will do a mushroom journey and then a lot of people can get nauseous on mushrooms. And I definitely experienced like some nausea on the first night, but not a lot. The second night I felt more nauseous and I thought, oh, it's probably maybe because I'm dehydrated. But then for like two weeks after the mushroom journey, like I was literally nauseous every single day. I was shitting my brains out, like no joke. And I'm telling you this because I don't, I want to tell you the whole experience. Like this is what happened. Um, I pooped my pants twice, <laughs> like literally pooped my pants twice. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like what is going on? Um, and on our two week integration call, I was like, Hey, like, I don't know if this has to do with the mushrooms or if I got a parasite, I don't know what's going on. And they were like, you know, this, it, it happens. Like it happens, but I was the only person in my whole group that it had happened with and I researched it. And again, it's like, I don't want to, I don't give you a number. Like it's one in 100. Um, but it's, it happens, but it's not super common. And once I was like, oh man, I think this is connected to the mushrooms. I went, I scheduled another point with my doctor and he does like muscle tapping and he did like a clearing in my like center line. And it, I was fine from that day forward. So that was definitely like a, a, a really a, a crazy thing. Oh, also crazy thing is I, this is like, you know, sideways tail, but doing IVF last year, my egg freezing, I gained like 12, 14 pounds, which is common, but it just would not leave. It would not come off. And I was like doing everything, like eating super healthy and just like, it like wouldn't leave. And the weekend of my mushroom journey because I released so much trauma. I ended up, I lost like six pounds that weekend. It was wild, which also is not uncommon. Like when you release trauma, inflammation releases from your body. So I went into my doctor that when I went the following day after my mushroom journey, he was like, did you like throw up or anything during your retreat diarrhea or anything? And I was like, no. And he was like, your body literally let let go of trauma and it's no longer inflamed. Like my stomach has been bloated for like months and months and it hasn't been since then. Besides the the few weeks of like diarrhea and nauseousness post journey. But once my doctor cleared it, it was fine. So yeah, that was my experience. Well, the biggest question that people ask me, is it true? You don't have a conviction about getting high. I totally have a conviction about getting high. Like my intention is not to be like getting high and doing drugs and, and all of that. And what I'll repeat there is my facilitator said like drugs are check out. Plant medicine is to check in. 
So someone asked, will I do it again? Yeah, I would. Did I work with therapists before or after? Yes, I'm still working with my therapist. Again, like this is not a cure-all. Like it's an opportunity to experience breakthrough and then you still have to sit with yourself and do the damn work. How do I think it affected my faith? I think it honestly saved my faith. Was I nervous about how it might interact with any mental illness? Yes, which is why before I went, I talked with my doctor and therapist about it. Did it change my view on God, demons, et cetera? Yes. I, man, I didn't even get into that, but I feel like a huge breakthrough I had was like God really speaking clearly to me. Like, man, Christians, we are so scared. We are so scared of experiencing God outside of what our quote unquote evangelical Christian norm is. And God was like, this is not scary. Like I am in this, like I can be in this. So yeah, I could say way more about that. It was not self-administered. I, we had three facilitators. Yeah. And there was actually like a licensed doctor on site as well. All of it just made me, it was that part I felt so cared for. Cause I think a lot of people can be like, Oh, just doing it together. And I even have a friend that went on a mushroom journey, a two day mushroom journey, like earlier this month. And hers was very different than mine. I was like, man, I'm so glad I went on mine. I felt so safe. And then finally, a lot of you guys have asked like, you know, who led the journey at the time of me recording this. I haven't heard back from my facilitator. If it's okay with her for me to share her information, if it is, then I'll link it so you can reach out to her. But she does about two journeys a year in Austin, Texas. The next one will be in May. So I think I'll probably do that. So if you're interested in that, let me know if there's anything I haven't answered please ask, DM me, email us at social at the And I'm sure there's more I want to say, but what, where I will wrap up is like, again, like I'm not a doctor. I do not think <laughs> this is for everyone. I think if you are curious about it, research it, read up about it, talk to people you trust about it. Uh, because that was another thing I had, like my, my, Everyone in my family knew where I was going. I mean, nothing I do is ever is ever hidden. So my doctors knew, my therapist knew, my family knew. So yeah, um, that's my experience. Have a good day.